There's nothing to me more important than women supporting other women. I just feel like that's my mission now, to spread the fact that I did it and it wasn't easy. And I don't want anybody to think my life has been a bed of roses, but you can do it too. Welcome to the Jesus Calling Podcast. Every day the sun rises means God gives us another chance if we just pause and take a look. For entrepreneur Lori Allen, her chance was to say yes to the things she said no to before. And for country singer Raleigh Keegan, he found a chance to embrace a long-lost person he held dear. Lori Allen is the founder of the shop Bridles by Lori and the star of TLC reality show Say Yes to the Dress Atlanta. As an entrepreneur, Lori has stepped out in faith many times in order to serve her clients and grow her business. Along the way, she's faced some trying times, but credits God with getting her through it all. Hi, I'm Lori Allen from Say Yes to the Dress Atlanta. I own Bridles by Lori, and recently I've written my very first book, Say Yes to What's Next. Getting to where I am today has been a very long journey. Not easy. Nothing was ever handed to me, but I've always had my faith. And I've always had a very strong will and conviction that I would succeed. This December marks my 40th year in the bridal industry. And to be honest, for many, many years, I made no money. Put it all right back into my business. And then TLC called and we got to say yes to the Dress Atlanta. I was so excited because I knew for a small business owner to have that kind of exposure and something so fun and to showcase my store and all my dreams. I had always prayed about having my own television show. I mean, I just always said, God, if it's meant to be, please allow it to be. Okay. So last year I turned 60. And I had a bride come in and her mother, and they're like, oh my gosh, Lori, you look so great. Congratulations. And then the mom turns to me and said, when are you going to retire now? And it just went all over me. I'm like, what? Why would you expect me to retire? Why would you ask me that question? And then I got to thinking about it. You know, what for women after age 45 motivates us? We are very smart women that have a lot of life ahead of us. And I look at life as a cookie. And this cookie, when after you're in the 40, late 40s, early 50s, you've got about a quarter of it left. And are you gonna savor every bite down to the last crumb? Or are you just gonna let it wither away? I plan to savor every last crumb and I wanna motivate other women to do the same. My new book is Say Yes to What's Next, and I want to inspire and motivate women, particularly women over 45. All of my life, I have been the cheerleader for women, whether it be the bride, the mother of the bride, the mother of the groom, the grandmother. I'm always motivating women. You look great. Let's put you in this, and I'm trying to make them feel and look their best, but I not only want them to feel and look their best on the outside, also on the inside. The book is specifically geared for women over 45 years old. And we discuss things like parenting our parents, how to be a mother of the bride and mother of the groom, 
Self-care is the new black. I discuss finances. I mean, just a multitude of things. Marriage is a big chapter in the book. I want us to think about ourselves. I want us to realize our passion. I want us to just take a minute and figure out what we want to do with the remainder of our life here on this earth and to make it meaningful. I think that God wants us to live to our very last day with meaning and hope. You know, saying yes can be terrifying. I mean, to me, to continue on in a business that wasn't really producing, but I had my faith and I knew what was right in my heart, that kind of motivation only comes from your faith. And I feel like that if you are not in a path or on a path or in a career that makes you happy, now is the time to step out. It totally can be terrifying, but it is worth it. Totally worth it. Every day I see brides stepping out in faith. They have faith that this marriage and this man is going to be wonderful and this marriage is going to work out perfectly and the families are going to blend and they just go forward with blind faith. And I think that's how we have to live our lives. We have to trust in God and we have to move forward. There's been many times I've had to move forward and say yes, just by my faith. I had to say yes to opening a business, yes to being a working mom and that my children would turn out wonderfully, and they did. Yes to the fact that I'm a great grandmother and I'm not there every second, I'm still working, but I say yes to being a grandmother. I say yes to breast cancer, to moving on, to living your life after breast cancer. Breast cancer is not an easy thing. It took a year out of my life and it was very difficult, but I never let that doubt, that self-doubt enter my head. I said yes to my faith, yes that I was gonna get better, and yes that I was going to survive. How do we make the most of the time that we're given on this earth? I feel like we have to embrace every day and I get up out of bed every day and I have my little routine, exercise, devotional, and off to work, but I feel focused and energized and I love what I do. And then I also feel like we have to mentor others. We have to set an example for other women that you can have a good life. You can have a great life. Is it going to be easy working and owning your own business and having a television show? And, you know, it's life's never easy, but yet you can, with your attitude and showing your faith and your fortitude, you can make it a wonderful life. Here is one of my favorite passages from Jesus Calling from February 29th. I hope it will encourage you to say yes to God's plans for your life. You are on the right path. Listen more to me and less to your doubts. I am leading you along the way I designed just for you. Therefore, it's a lonely way, humanly speaking, but I go before you as well as alongside you. You are never alone. Do not expect anyone to understand fully my ways with you any more than you can comprehend my dealings with others. 
I am revealing the path of life day by day and moment by moment. As I said to my disciple Peter, so I repeat to you, follow me. I feel like as women, it is up to us to empower each other. I mean, we all have our difficulties, whether it be divorce, loss of a child, loss of parents. You may have lost your job during this COVID. I mean, there's been so many crazy things coming at us right and left, but we have to find joy in our life and we have to have faith. You can find Lori Allen's book, Say Yes to What's Next, wherever you buy books. Stay tuned for country music artist Raleigh Keegan's story after a brief message about a brand new Jesus Calling journal that invites you to experience a life in God's presence. Motherhood. It's a journey like no other, teeming with love, unparalleled dedication, and moments that pierce the very essence of your soul. It's a trek that demands to be celebrated, lauded, and embraced in its entirety. Celebrate the moms in your life this Mother's Day with two beautiful gift books, Jesus Calling for Moms by Sarah Young and Grace for the Moment for Moms by Max Licato. These heartfelt devotionals will remind the moms in your life just how special they are. Jesus Calling for Moms and Grace for the Moment for Moms are available now where all books are sold. During times of transition and unknown next steps, it's more important than ever to cling to the promises of God and to tune your ear to what Jesus has to say. Jesus Calling for Graduates is an encouraging compilation of 150 devotions from Sarah Young's brand. Grads will find topics such as discerning God's will, self-worth, trust, support, and much more. Jesus Calling for Graduates is perfect for both high school and college graduates as they embark on the next chapter. Look for a special custom edition of Jesus Calling for Graduates, available exclusively at faithgateway.com. Sarah Young's Jesus Calling has drawn millions of people around the world closer to Jesus. Now, a new Jesus Calling guided journal called Life in His Presence invites us to connect with God in a new way as we gather our thoughts on the page. With more than 100 entries in Life in His Presence, each guided journaling experience includes an excerpted devotion from Jesus Calling, along with journaling prompts, a key scripture, and memorable quotes. You can find the new Jesus Calling guided journal called Life in His Presence at your favorite book retailer today. Raleigh Keegan has lived his entire life knowing someone had given him a chance, his own birth mom. After he was born inside the walls of a prison, Raleigh was adopted when he was a few days old, but never stopped thinking about the woman whose selfless choice allowed him to play in the jazz band, land a spot on the college football team, get married, and begin a country music career of his own. My name is Raleigh Keegan. I'm a country singer here in Nashville, Tennessee, and I'm here to share my story with Jesus Calling. My birth mom, she was in prison when she was pregnant with me, and she was in for drug charges. She was clean when she had me, so that was amazing, but she had me like in the prison, and then I was adopted a couple days later by my parents. I grew up um, with two amazing parents who adopted me, and they um, gave me every opportunity in the world. So I was on the swim team. I was, on, I was in Boy Scouts. 
A lot of people don't know that I'm an Eagle Scout, which is hilarious because I was an awful Eagle Scout. They started me on piano super, super early, played trombone, played everything, and I had dreams of being a professional basketball player because when I was little, I was like five foot nine when I was in fifth grade. So, and I was projected to be like six foot ten, and then I stopped growing after like six foot four, and then you can no longer go to the NBA if you're me. <laughs> I grew up in the church, and I can remember my parents when I was little saying prayers around the table. And then, what's funny, because my first memories are kind of intertwined, because my dad used to sing me James Taylor songs so I could fall asleep. And then my parents would say our prayers with us. So, yeah, so that's probably like some of my very first memories ever. I don't think it ever made me, the fact that I was adopted and came from like a really hard start ever made me question God's love for me, that specific thing, because I always viewed it as I had a chance. So I always viewed it as like it could have been what what it could have been had, honestly, God not intervened. I didn't understand that until I was like 20 or 21, because I didn't become a Christian, I don't think, until I was 20 or 21. But even before I was a Christian, I always viewed it as like, man, I'm just this lucky guy who has had this amazing life and amazing parents. So my whole life, I basically thought that Christianity and all religion was basically a way for us to get to God by being good or because you're a pretty decently moral person. And in college, I went through an extremely hard week where I almost got kicked off the football team. I lost the girl that I was dating at the time. And my friend got in a fight. He got a knife to his throat, but he, he made it. He's fine. But all that happened in a week. And I woke up from that week and thought, like, I've got to change my life. Like, I've got to change. This is so much of what, what I am is causing, like, destruction in my life. So I went on this kind of, like, quest to change. So I started reading a psalm a day. I started trying to go to church. I would, like, go to the back row of a church in like a muscle shirt and no one would know I was there and I would sneak out so no one could talk to me. I was like really investigating, trying to figure this thing out. And during this religious quest to kind of become a better person, it led me to more and more and more guilt because the more I tried, the more I fell short and I couldn't measure up. And this friend of mine named Tony, who was a minister at our college, gave me this book and I read this book and it explained Romans 8.1, which is there's therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ. And he explained that on my worst day and on my best day, because of what Jesus did for me, um, I'm viewed the same. And so that just changed me. So I think, I think songwriting has always been in me and I, and I didn't know it. It's really funny when I was in second grade, my teacher called my mom one time and said, he writes these really creative stories and I don't know where they're coming from. Does he do this at home? So I always like have been bent towards the creation process, I think, even as a kid. And I was a weird kid, right? Because like I was like the star of the football team. And but I would leave lunch early so I didn't have to talk to people so I could write songs on like a trombone or a piano. And no one knew I would leave lunch early to do that. I was in the jazz band, I was in the concert band. I love that. I almost went to call. I got offered a scholarship to go to University of Cincinnati to play jazz trombone. I didn't do that because at the time my goal was to get the girls to like me. So I thought 
playing football in college would work better. <laughs> so that's what I did. I think it's songwriting has always been in me, but it didn't flesh itself out until the past four or five years, I guess. So the reason I started music was to make people feel what I felt when I listened to certain music. And that caused me to quit my job, to go from the comforts of my home to tour every weekend and not see my family as much. A good friend of mine said, only say the things and sing the things that make the hair on the back of your neck stand up. I think that anyone doing anything, if they're a Christian, doing whatever they want to do is powerful to me, like regardless of what field they're in. So for me, like my life's mission is just to like be a Christian, whatever I'm doing. For me personally, I'm only grounded when I am spending time in the scriptures and going to church. If I'm not spending time with God, I find that my self runs to like overworking, finding all of my identity in my career and not who God says I am. My mother-in-law three years ago had a Jesus Calling book on her desk. I just read a few and then she didn't know it. But I think at least for a couple of months, I read them like every day. I love them because it's so accessible to get like a very good devotional in a short period of time. And I think that that's what I loved and what was so great for me with Jesus Calling. April 9, you are mine for all time. Nothing can separate you from my love. Since I have invested my very life in you, be well assured that while I will also take care of you. When your mind goes into neutral and your thoughts flow freely, you tend to feel anxious and alone. Your focus becomes problem solving. To get your mind back into gear, just turn toward me, bringing yourself and your problems into my presence. Many problems vanish instantly in the light of my love because you realize you are never alone. Other problems may remain, but they become secondary to knowing me and rejoicing in the relationship I so freely offer you. Each moment, you can choose to practice my presence or to practice the presence of problems. My birth mom, what's funny is that the adoption agency messed up and it was the guy, it was like his first day and it was supposed to be a closed adoption. And they told my parents her name. So I always knew my birth mom's name and I was sitting around with friends and they told me I should like Facebook her, like look her up on Facebook. So, so I looked her up on Facebook and like three days later she was in my life. She just told me so many things about my life. Like if you Google my grandfather, he was in federal prison for robbing banks. I found out that I have a stepbrother or a half brother, I guess it would be, who is a professional poker player in Vegas. It's just so many crazy things about my family. And now I have a great relationship with that side of the family and the reason I wanted to meet my birth mom was to thank her, really, because of all the things I've already shared with you. I mean, she gave me a chance at life. I saw my mom for the first time, and she saw me, and we look just like each other. So it's like this immediate connection. She starts crying, I start crying. It's just an immediate crazy thing. It's not like I needed her to replace my parents. It's just this strange feeling of, oh, that's my blood, and this is a crazy thank you. Look what you did for me. So that was, that was pretty powerful. You can follow Raleigh on social media to keep up with his latest music. If you'd like to hear more stories about finding new chapters and second chances, check out our interview with author and activist Centoya Brown-Long and designer Liz Marie Galvin.
next time on the Jesus Calling Podcast, we talk with country music superstar Sarah Evans. Growing up on a farm in Missouri, Sarah remembers receiving many lessons that she'd carry throughout her career, and no one was more influential on Sarah's life than her own mother. My mom's the hardest working human that I know, so I just, I really believe in like going the extra mile, um, especially for other people. So if it's something that you think would make somebody comfortable um, or, you know, meet a need, that's, that's what I was taught growing up. Want to hear more inspirational stories of people who have been changed by a closer walk with God? Then subscribe today to the Jesus Calling Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. And please be sure to leave a review, which helps us reach and inspire others with these stories. Plus, if you like seeing our guests as well as hearing them, you can find video interviews available on our YouTube channel at youtube.com Jesus Calling Book on Facebook and on the Jesus Calling Instagram page.